Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining. Um, I'm delighted today to host John Knudsen, Head of Practice and Senior Consultant at Roof Technology. Hey, John. Uh, so, uh, thanks for having me. Great to have you. Um, so, our topic today is upcoming trends in manufacturing. Uh, an exciting topic. Um, John, looking back five, ten years, what was the, the, the major shift in, in manufacturing in terms of technology and systems and digital solution or digital transformation? Uh, so the biggest change that I've seen in, uh, in digital manufacturing over the last 10 years or so has probably been uh, the move away from custom built or legacy MES systems to, uh, to modern platforms. Uh, things that are run on .NET or on, on the cloud. Um, generally, uh, manufacturing executives are looking for more transparency or to see compliancy, and uh, they can't do that easily with their own platforms, right? Of course, with, with, um, with an emerging need for, for, because there's a lot of data, so you need to integrate systems, you need them to speak to, to each other. You need to have the exact information, so it's it's a need, it's a challenge because there's a lot of information, right? There is. There's a ton of information available, and uh, so much people don't always know what to do yeah, with absolutely. it. <laughs> so it's it's like overwhelming data layer, overwhelming information, so you don't have the ability to pick the important ones. So this is this is a, a growing need, of course. It is the ability to aggregate that information, sort it, and put it in a usable format, right? Yeah, visualization and accessible, okay? Because, you know, we find that, that, that people don't want to run reports anymore. They, want, they don't want to work for it. They don't want to, to, to <laughs> dig the data. They don't want to put it in context. They don't want to, they want to click and have an answer. That's true. And it's a, it's a, a, a lot of... Um, um, a lot to do with with the the uh, ability to use instant applications. People when when they go mobile, okay, in the mobile, by the way, you click and that's it. You're done. You're not doing ten or or, or fifteen actions in order to get you know one thing's done. So people don't have the patience to to run systems. True. <laughs> that's very true. It's it's not like it used to be where. Uh, you, you wanted a new report and you sent the request to IT or development and, and it would take uh, some weeks yeah. just to review the request and grant it or not, right? Yeah. And then months more to develop the report and then you start getting it. Great, so, but, but if, if you think about it as, as the idea of, of new platforms, cloud solution uh, sunk in, in, in the US manufacturers, they accept oh yes yeah. absolutely everybody sees and everybody wants it now that's very true and and they're able to get it so so they're able to define what they want they're able to to set the the, the expectation generally i see an increased ability to convey the requirements that's true and uh and of course, on the uh, platform side, if you've got a new platform with this capability and you have the, uh, the vendor or the partner that, 
that knows the tool and knows the data, you're going to get uh, you're going to get results much more quickly. You know, if you take a look, let's say two years from now, what do you see happening? What will happen? Two years, I think uh, most of those traditional MES providers, uh, the ones that have been running the old systems, right, they're going to be uh, moving to a more uh, hosted solutions, right, whether it's cloud hosted or, uh, or what have you. Um, I think they see the writing on the wall that manufacturers don't want to manage their own systems anymore, right? Yeah. Um, they can, so these uh, traditional vendors can either offer a solution and try to appeal uh, to, the, uh, to the modern requirements, or they can get left behind. And, and some of them I saw are, are trying to do some kind of a facelifting. Take the existing solution that they have, do some kind of a facelifting, making it a bit more modern and, or a bit more, a bit more accessible. But, but staying with, with the same solutions or basically the same idea of an execution system. Yes, and, and I work with some of those systems myself. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, they build a new framework around it, and it does offer increased ability, increased usability, um, and, and being the uh, modern framework, or at least partly on a modern framework, it allows more people to work on it and, and produce some results, right? But uh, sticking to an old core will leave you with, with other complications, right? You've got to have somebody that knows that old core system. Right. And, um, and another thing that, that is a bit of a, of a challenge is that you need to have the system accessible in, in the mobile. Okay. Still preserve your, your security issues. You don't want everyone to, to uh, log into your system and see what you're doing. Have sufficient uh, security measures and allow them to, to uh, log in anywhere, from anywhere. That, that opens up another uh, concern that a lot of people have is uh, traditionally your manufacturing network, all of those, those IT systems are in a closed network and not exposed to the public, not exposed to the cloud, and often not even exposed to the business office. Right. They try and keep all of that segregated so that you minimize the risk of viruses and hackers, right? So moving to these modern cloud platforms uh, imposes new challenges in security and the ability to think outside of those traditional boxes, right? Although um, separation between OT and IT network is, is, is a great concept, okay? It makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. Especially, um, the main issue with that is, are you writing back to the machines, yes or no? If you can impact the production process, that means that, that, that the measures you need to take should be you know, uh, let's say um, advanced, okay, and more complicated. So you need to secure your OT network, secure your machines, not allowing anything to happen, but still have the ability to read the data automatically and not rely on, on manual input and, and, um, and enjoy the fruits of, of a, a cloud-based system, which is accessible for you. So this is a challenge too, right? Let's let's go wide with thinking about ten years from now, how it will look. 
10 years from now, I hope to see a lot more uh, automation. I've already seen a few uh, lights out factories. I'm really excited about this. I'd love to see uh, a lot more companies being able to go completely automated, completely lights out, lights out meaning they don't need lights because there's no operators in the facility at all. It's run by itself. I'd love to see a lot more of that. I think we're going to. And, and you believe in the concept of, of fully automated because there are skills that I'm not sure that, that I, you're able to do with a robot or with a cobot or with some kind of automation. Do you fully believe that manufacturing, traditional manufacturing that are running right now in 10 years from now will be a full lights out operation? I, I think that it can be. Whether, whether these manufacturers want to take that investment and that challenge or not, um, it does take a very long viewpoint to see the benefits and probably see the ROI on it, right? If, if you invest that type of capital in uh, automating your factories, then you have to have a valid reason for it. Maybe it's health risks. Maybe it's uh, controlled processes that require the automation and maybe it's simply to uh, I don't know <laughs> uh, reduce labor dependencies right uh, absolutely and uh, uh, and it comes with with great context to the fact that 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 uh, the younger generation is not willing to to work in in a manufacturing environment or let's say they don't have the the, the tradition or the skills that the older generation currently running on the production floors, which is aging, as we all know, all around the world, mm -hmm. um, they have knowledge, uh, they know the, the machinery, they know the process very well, they know the bit. And, and that's another point to the automated factory concept, right, is you're taking advantage of these, uh, these new technologies and the new skills that, uh, that the new workforce wants and, and wants to use, right? You're absolutely right. They don't want to go sit on a, on a production line and assemble pieces manually, right? But if they can, uh, if they can tell a computer by a few button clicks to do it for them, that'd be very happy. Absolutely. But you know what? It's, it's, it's an interesting concept because if you take a look, uh, for example, at the automotive assembly lines, the welding is done by robots very accurately, but additional mm -hmm. actions are done by human, you know, the, the following, the, 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 the downstream actions, because humans have the ability um, uh, to have visible indications of what they, they're doing. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting topic how it will evolve, but I, I'm sure that it will evolve using, you know, advanced technologies, AI, vision, you know, uh, things that are science fiction for now, but, but it will come, <laughs> it will come, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, um, it relates to the next subject, which is, uh, the current challenges for manufacturers. Let's, what do you see are the, 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 the more, let's say the top five challenges that us manufacturers are facing today. I would probably say labor shortages for sure. Yeah. Um, material shortages with uh with what's been going on in the world the past couple of years of course supply chain um, yeah as you had mentioned the uh the aging workforce so uh not just the ability to to get new employees but the loss of your existing employees and the loss of the knowledge that they have right, right. 
Uh, so you're losing a lot of process knowledge, a lot of uh, what they call tribal knowledge yeah. on the shop floor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, of course, the challenges for digital manufacturing, right? Uh, I guess even before going to that point, really, is compliance. Compliance, right? cool. Um, a lot more, uh, a lot more industries are getting more and more regula- regulations and uh, compliance concerns. Um, of course, there are ones that uh, that everybody understands: pharmaceutical, medical device manufacturing, uh, even food and beverage. Right? You need that type of control. But uh, and then converting to the uh, to a digital transformation. And taking on a uh, automation, IoT, and uh, and these advanced systems is a challenge in itself because you have to be able to walk your shop floor through that transition. It's not just the the concept of okay, we're gonna we're gonna take this and we're gonna automate these things and and we need you to to put in these new data points or or what have you. Right? There's there's a complete different shift in the mindset for the shop floor operator when they did have to just do their task and now they've got to do their task plus enter what they did into the computer. More than that, um, I would say that there are, there, are, there are two kinds of systems in the world. The ones that follow a process and the ones that lead a process. And when you introduce, uh, I completely agree, when you introduce a technology you know, which is advanced in terms of, let's say, Operational excellence, okay? A digital uh, twin um, effectiveness or, or, or let's say performance, okay, oriented, it creates a change inside the organization. Things that people have done for the past decade or two using the same tools, the same procedures, the same workflows will change. They will see mm-hmm. and now they will see things in a different way, okay? They will, they will put their focus on um, different um, obstacles or challenges. So uh, it will shift their day-to-day life and, they, uh, and it will transform the organization from within. And this is a, a, another aspect of introducing new technology. Traditional manufacturing is, is staying behind, you know, if you take a look at the leaps in technology and adoption of technology in other verticals, Manufacturing is our, manufacturers are staying a bit behind. They're a bit late. A bit. Many are. Yeah. So um, I would say that, that an, uh, another challenge that we see, or which is not really regulation, but it's trends in um, with the, let's say, um, the buyers, okay, the customers. If, if we're looking, for example, at the, the plastic... Uh, industry, it suffers from bad PR. Uh, a lot of, of things are going on in terms of, of plastic usage, plastic manufacturing, plastic usage, environmental footprint, carbon, you know, uh, equivalent or things that eventually um, will. Um, will set the mind of the manufacturers that this is sustainability is an issue. You cannot, you cannot ignore, okay? You need to monitor your material, your material waste. You need to monitor your energy consumption. And it's something that needs to be in front of you. 
at all times. More than that, the customers will ask the corporations to, to, to show that when they are manufacturing, they're doing their best to fulfill the public opinion one, not the regulation. Do you see it? That's, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, regulations as they uh, relate to digital industries and, and the digitalization of industries uh, means controlling those processes and the materials and having the traceability, right. as you had pointed out. Um, luckily, modern MES platforms have these capabilities as it's, at its heart. And uh, this is one of the big drivers for manufacturers to leave those legacy systems behind and move to the modern platforms. Uh, as I mentioned, it can be a big leap um, for those manufacturers moving from a traditional manufacturing environment with no IT controls at all and, and trying to apply uh, everything in one shot. Yeah. Right? Um, many manufacturers wanting to take this leap don't always realize the effort and the impact on the shop floor. Uh, this causes underestimated projects, both in timeline and budget. Yeah. And uh, I think as we had mentioned, too quick or too severe of a change can lead to a resistant shop floor where the operators may even quit. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't like the new way, right? So that means that, that when you want to, to introduce a new solution, it needs to be let's say non-intrusive, it needs to be agile and simply to digest in terms of change. It needs to bring value they want because people need, need to, to understand the immediate value and then um, embrace it. So if it's a, a lengthy uh, effort, okay, and, and uh, preparation and things that you need to, to run, let's say for, for six or eight months until you get something, and, and you know, and then you come really heavy with a solution, then then it will create a negative reaction. It will. And another way to approach this is uh, kind of phase-wise implementation, right? First, get onto the new platform and have as few clicks as possible. Make it as as close to the uh, traditional environment as as it can be, and then uh, slowly over time, take stepwise uh, changes until you get to the compliancy goals, until you get to your corporate goals, yeah. right? Absolutely. What do you think about, about the need for, for remote management? We saw it during COVID, okay? COVID was, was a great example of, of production flows uh, keep running. People are working remotely from home and lacking the ability to see what's going on. So, so do you think that there's, there's a change in, in that one? I think that is going to drive to uh, fully automated factories even quicker, yeah. right? Uh, they, everybody sees that uh, it, it's not just a matter of people getting sick and spreading it mm -hmm. on the shop floor, right? Uh, if somebody can do the same work from, uh, from the remote home, whether they're sick or whether they're healthy and, and need to stay healthy, right? Uh, they're not risking sharing any diseases and if they can still do their work from that remote location and then then that's great it also decreases the overhead costs at the facility right they're drinking less water using less electricity and all of the rest so some some corporations uh have seen benefits in doing this 
but but in terms of remote management you need to see what's going on it means you cannot it, it, when you are on premise okay you have the ability to step out of the office go to the, go down to the production floor have a tool okay meet the shift leaders understand what you have take a look at your own premise solution your ms system okay and and see what's mm-hmm. going on when you are totally disconnected or dis, disattached from from the, the experience itself that means that you need a good tool to remotely manage the the the, the production you need to have great transparency great visualization absolutely but and it takes these modern platforms to be able to do that yeah absolutely and 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 this is this is a growing need i totally agree people understood that they can work from home and by the way hybrid uh, or work life balancing or hybrid uh, uh, you know working uh, from home partially during the week and partially on premises is is a trend that that we see at least we see it in 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 Europe do you see it in the US too Yes, we do see it here. Um, I know several people that uh, have had their companies change in that same manner, yeah. that uh, they'll work from the office a few days a week and they work from home the other days of the week. Great. Um, so let's, let's, um, let's because, because this is what you do, okay? Groove uh, works with, with the digital transformation for, for how long now? For... A long period of time. Uh, has been doing this work for uh, about 18 years 18. or so. And, uh, and you personally? Uh, I've only been with Drew for a little bit over a year, but I've been working with uh, MES Systems myself for uh, somewhere around 12 years. Right. It's been a great journey for me. I really enjoy the work. Yeah, I, I see that we share the, sh- the same passion, okay? The, the, the combination between technology and manufacturing. So mm-hmm. what was what was let's say the 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 greatest case of of digital adoption you saw during these uh, 12 years The biggest transformation I saw was actually a mattress manufacturer yep. and uh mattress manufacturing if you think about it uh handling these big box springs and coil springs and uh and then sewing together the uh, the coverings and the foams and all of that, and to introduce um, MES to this environment was a huge change. And uh, and admittedly, one of those factories did not take the change very well. Yeah. They didn't like it. It was a, it was a rollout to three different factories. I don't know if they've gone on to more since, but uh, one of those factories did not like the change. They did the bare minimum, and the reason, of course, is that the uh, operations manager let them. You know, you have to have the uh, the support of management in order to make these changes. Right. If management doesn't enforce it, then shop floor is not going to do it. They take the easiest way every time. <laughs> yeah. So th- this is this is the worst one. What was what was the the the, the nicest one? Oh, the biggest success? Yeah. Um, probably, probably a steel manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, they they take um, steel slabs and roll them into uh, to thin sheet steel. Yeah. Uh, very, very complicated job. 
right? And to implement automation and MES to be able to help control this uh, really improved on operator safety. Right. That was the biggest okay. thing, right? But then there are lots of uh, efficiencies that they gained using automated controls to, to manage the machines and change the thickness of that steel instead of operators having to uh, spin valves and, and spin wheels to, uh, to make it right. Right. So, so basically the, the ability to, um, to download exact set points to the machines, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And not rely on on manual or or some kind of uh, uh, independent information regarding the, the the cold rolling. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, good. Um, let's talk about verticals that you think will be left behind in terms of manufacturing. What will be left out? Uh, I, I think the most manual work are, are the ones more liable to be left out or at least lag behind. Yeah. Uh, agriculture, uh, probably the biggest one that comes to mind. And, uh, but even there, I've seen concept. Just the other day, I saw a video clip with an experiment for drones picking apples from a tree. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's uh, very practical. Uh, in the long term, but who knows, maybe it will be the fact that those drones can probably, you know, aside from maintenance, operate 24-7 instead of uh, however long your, your laborers can get out there and work a shift. Right. I, I totally agree that, that, that um, intensely uh, labor-dependent actions in terms of manufacturing will, will be left out. Yeah. It, it, it will not be something which is logical to do for many reasons. It will not be logical and, and there will be solutions both to practice, deploy, uh, do it in a technology way and, and, and control the process. I totally agree. Yeah. And also those industries probably have little uh, capital that they want to invest yeah. in technology in this way, right? Yeah. But I think the technology, by the way, will get cheaper uh, because there will be wider usage, okay? So as advanced the technology will be, then it will be cheaper and then it will be adopted um, easily by, let's say, medium-sized, small-sized, medium-sized manufacturers and not only the giants. Absolutely. As, uh, as people use it more, costs come down, uh, the software gets more competitive, more, more vendors in the marketplace trying to compete, uh, the hardware for it, everybody wants to try it. Yeah. So the, uh, the manufacturer of those devices for automation, whether it's the connectivity of it or the, the functional uh, solenoids and, and devices, uh, all of that's going to come down in price the more it's being made. Great. So coming uh, to our last moments together, uh, so I'll say that we've got, um, let's say, a, pragma a pragmatic uh, look at the past, but I think that the future is bringing cool new uh, methods, approaches that will make eventually manufacturers' life more easier 
and they will be able to be more competitive. Absolutely, I agree. Um, I, I think that uh, lots of manufacturers love the idea of, uh, of increasing automation. I, I think uh, the lights out factory concept is very appealing to most, if not all manufacturers, whether they see a path to get there or not. Yeah. Um, the present reality is that uh, material movements, the handling of those materials, as you, as you had pointed out, and the sensors for everything is just very complex and costly to get into. Um, again, it takes a really long-term view to be able to see the ROI in it. And uh, most companies just aren't ready for that kind of commitment. Yet. Yet. Yes. That's right. As prices come down, as compliance regulations increase, uh, people are going to make the move more and more. Absolutely. So, John, thank you um, so much for joining us. It's been an interesting conversation. And thank you all for watching. Asaf, thank you for inviting me. I always enjoy talking about uh, digital manufacturing. Uh, it's work that I'm very passionate about. Fascinating, challenging. I truly love my job and I want to bring more people to it. Great. We share, we share the same. Thanks, John. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Asaf. Take care.